Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to a special show. I see things a little differently. I'm just a little chemical. And instead of breaking up, you know how we usually break up episodes on pay-per-view weekends into two? I don't think I'm going to have time to do two different episodes um, once after today hits. So, what are you going to do with my two different... Uh, well, I'm not going to have time to do two different ones this weekend, I don't think, because... There's still a lot that's happening this weekend. You still have Collision happening, the same night as SummerSlam. And so, to take, to take that all in, I don't know if I'm out of time. But we'll try, we'll try to figure it out. But either way, I decided to, to what I'm going to do is drop the predictions today and just make this an official show and talk about what we have with some other news and notes as well. And then on Monday, it'll be Monday uh, it'll be regular regularly scheduled program, but we'll mainly focus on SummerSlam and Collision. And actually, to be honest with you, Wednesday's show, I don't actually know what we're going to get into. Um, I have some things already recorded, but I don't really want to start those things because like, they're like, it's like it's like multiple layers to those shows that I, I still want to get done. Um, so I don't know what we're going to talk about Wednesday yet. So I'm going to have to figure that out, I guess. Um, a lot of things were happening this week as far as just... I had this interview, then I didn't have the interview, then I got the interview... So it's just kind of a mess. I will make this announcement. In two weeks, so not this week, but the following week, we will do Hip Hop Week. Hip Hop, to honor Hip Hop 50, uh, it'll be nothing but hip hop that week. So if you're not a fan of hip hop or want to talk about it, that's not the week for you. I'll be doing three episodes. Those, those three episodes are already recorded. I'm actually going to upload those the same time I upload this today. And it'll be a show on Monday, a show on Wednesday. And a show on Friday. Uh, the show on Monday will be the top 50 songs of hip hop, and from my top 50 songs, Wednesday will be. I might have to my order. I don't remember how I recorded it, but <laughs> Wednesday will be top 50 albums in hip hop history. No, I think it's the other way around. Top 50 albums will be Monday. Top 50 songs will be Wednesday, and then Friday will be a follow-up interview with Libzy. As you guys may remember him, he was on the show last year. Um, before his album One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out, he dropped some some news and really some con- congratulatory, congratulatory stuff. And one of the worst transitions in the show's history, because he dropped like this bomb on me, which I didn't see coming. And my him and I talked the day before, and he it just was so funny because like he he talked we talked the day before. And then, he, as we're live, he drops his bomb on me, and I'm sitting here like, we're doing this interview over the phone. And I'm like, how the bleep do I transition out of this? There was no good way. So I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was actually pretty funny in the end of it, but it's all good, man. It's all good. It was fun. So that will be in two weeks. But next, I don't know what next Wednesday is going to be. We'll have to figure that out, I guess. So, anyways. Oh, crap. And this week is supposed to be... Match of the month this Sunday. I've been recording so many podcasts recently. Like it's been, it's it's so much stuff coming you guys' way. 
Oh my god, I forgot about that. I actually had I actually had a uh I had an idea in mind. I don't know why I keep yawning. Sorry. Because I was fighting it. Um I'm not even tired. Um but I had an idea oh my goodness. This has caught me off guard. Well gotta figure it out too. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to this. Let's get to this news and notes and some AEW WWE stuff and some WWE predictions. Um Jamie Hayter. Is reported to be out for the rest of the year. I know this news dropped, but some of the stuff I dropped it dropped last week. But because of how the, the nature of the show I did, it just I just couldn't get to it. But yeah, Jamie Hader is supposed to be out for the rest of the year, so that's really unfortunate. There, uh, speedy recovery. Um, the Elite, Hangman, Omega, and the Bucks have re-signed with AEW. Um, they said they did say that they will make a, a decision together. About their futures, and they decided that AEW is the future. I mean, if you think about it, you look at their comments. The schedule was alive, alive, which makes sense. You work at that WWE schedule with the money that they would want, especially Kenny Omega. They would want them. Jesus Christ, John. Um, they would definitely want him on every live event. It would be, it would be too much. He, I don't think he could come in and get the the Roman Reigns schedule immediately. You know, none of them could. But um. This was the best move for everybody. Um, I'm sure if WWE, I'm sure WWE would figure, hey, if we get the last founding members of the EVPs or the founding fathers of AEW, they probably figured they, they would cripple AEW, which they wouldn't. But it would have been devastating, though. And it would have been a bad look because it's one of those things where it's like one, one EVP left and we're, we're going to get into that Cody documentary, too. Um, and then just to have all of them leave, especially since they retain their EVP status. Which I don't think was ever up for debate, um, but I think this is only drag. This is just my opinion. Obviously, you look at everything, but I think the only reason this was dragged out was just because of the whole CM Punk thing. <laughs> I, that's, I do. I really do. I don't think they ever had any intentions of leaving. I had thoughts on this, and honestly, I'm just happy for AEW. I really am. Cause look here, we need an alternative. We just do. It just. It's just. Whether you like AEW or not, whether you hate it or not, no matter what your thoughts on AEW is, we need it. We need that alternative. We need... Everything needs to be WWE. Not everything. Let me tell you something. Growing up, watching both WCW and WWE, NWA, whatever you want to call it, for me, it's refreshing to see the different characters on the different shows. Even having Impact, TNA... It was refreshing to see that ring, you know, whether you like the commentary or not. See, that's why with me, people really like, how can you watch events and not like the commentary? I said, it's not just with wrestling. It's with every event. Sometimes you just don't. I'm big on people's voices. And a lot of times if I'm trying to watch like a YouTube video or something that someone sends me, because people send these long form YouTube videos, like you're going to have time to watch all that shit. And like, if I can't connect with a person's voice, it just doesn't do it for me. And sometimes some people, like example, I'm not a big fan of the guy on Raw. Don't even know his name. Corey Graves is fine, but is it Kirkpatrick? No, is it Kirkpatrick? I don't know. Is it Kirkpatrick or whatever his name was? He he. It's not even his accent. Is that it? Sounds like he's trying to manufacture emotion. He's just not good at it. But the guy in NXT is uh, Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph is really good. Vic Joseph should probably be on Raw. You know. Um. No, I can't. I can't do Booker T. I'm sorry. Booker T is just too ridiculous. <laughs> but. Vic Joseph is great. Um, I should. I think those two should trade. Actually, 
Sorry, guys. Uh, it's going to keep happening. I'm not going to fight it anymore because it makes it worse. Um, but it's, it's really one of those things where I guess the point of me saying all this is it's just, it's just that <clears throat> the point of all of it is, is just that you, you need to connect with stuff. And AEW has this core audience because they could connect with them. They spend their money. You know, um, the same way WWE fans will spend their money. And I don't think there's a reason to ever be separate or tribalistic, but that's just me. That's just how I feel about my entertainment, you know, and the things I love. And I love wrestling as a whole. Everything has good, everything has good and everything has bad. Like, to me personally, I, fi- I found myself not caring for Dynamite as much since Collision came out because Collision's been the wrestling show. And Dynamite has been more of the raw, the variety show. And, and, and AEW needs it. You need the goofy stuff, too. I know Jim Cornette's going to have a heart attack, but you just need it, you know? So, good for these guys. I'm glad he got their money. L.A. Knight, he tops the merchandise for July. Congratulations to him. Apparently, he is very well seen by the higher-ups. And hopefully, this means, you know, they get... they Hopefully, they get behind him. You know, hopefully. hopefully. But, you know, he has been known to be his worst enemy. He's admitted to that himself. So, maybe he can get out of his own head, out of his own way, and make this happen. Because he has the backing. He has the fucking backing. Let's talk about this Bash at the Beach, Dark Side of the Ring. So, it, I thought I thought it was interesting because I've heard this story before. I've never heard Eric Bischoff's side of things. I actually, uh, I remember Sean Oliver from Kayfabe Commentaries did a WCW 2000 with Vince Russo. He went over all this. So, he's been consistent with his story in the times I've heard him on shoot interviews. Vince Russo has. Um, I did have, uh, I think his name was, what was your name? John, you hit my DMs. Um, you were asking me about, it, was, was it true that uh, I worked with Vince Russo at some point? I did, actually, to answer that question. I actually did. Um, I was working for uh, Rocky Mountain Pro. I think that's why you asked, because I think you were on Fight TV. Their episodes are for free. I was doing commentary for them. And, um, yeah, um, to get into a little bit of that, I think I've gotten into it on the show before. If I'm not, I, I wouldn't, that's uh, interesting, I haven't. But I guess it wouldn't have come up on the show. Well, essentially, uh, Rocky Mountain Pro, I didn't know Vince Russo worked for them. And, um, what happened was, I went there just to see how the wrestling school was. And as I'm talking to the owner, Matthew Yaden, he thought I'd be good as a commentator. And I just went there just to check it out. And I didn't want to be a wrestler. Um, those days are long past when I wanted to be a wrestler. And, um, yeah, met Vince Russo the first day. Actually, there's a picture somewhere floating around of me and him. I have it on my computer, too. But um, I, I found him to be very respectful to me. Um, all, uh, and uh, Once again, my interactions with him, um, I was in production meetings with him. It is true what they say about him. He literally tries to find a character for every person in the building. If you're a security man, he's trying to find you a character too. So that's kind of his downfall. Is he's just too creative and he's too all over the place. That sounds that sounds weird, but like he legitimately was looking at you, he's like, let's let's do this with you. And it's like no 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 no, he's this he's this, and you have to kind of like bring him bring him in. Um, he had full creative control at the time. I was in several production meetings with him. Um, actually, I remember even when he, I remember when he, even when he pitched me something, I, I did not like it. I found it to be extremely uh, disrespectful. Actually, I pulled him to the side. We had one-on-one conversation. Uh, we actually hugged it out. 
um, and he explained to me what his thinking was. And the fact that he took his time to explain to me, uh, he has my respect, dude. I mean, he, there's so many things make him come off like being crazy. Yeah, because he because he talks so much and he gets himself in trouble by continually to talking about stuff. But that, that was my brief history with it. You know, they liked my commentary. Um, they didn't want me to do the main show anymore, but they didn't, they didn't express that to me. So essentially, they want me to do their their secondary show, which I was okay with, but it wasn't explained to me. So I thought I thought they fired me, and they actually didn't fire me. Me and Matthew Yang came together maybe two months later, because uh, it was like this. It wasn't a huge thing. It was just me saying, "Okay, okay, I didn't know." So I just thought I was fired. He reached out to me two months later, and he was like, "Yo, uh, what happened?" I was like, "I, I thought I was fired." He's like. Who told you that? And I told him the situation that happened with another, with a, one of his second, because he it was Matthew, the owner, and it was his second person in command. And he was like, what? So he says, hold on a second. Can I call you? I said, yeah, you can call me. So he called me, and he had the other dude on three-way, and he was like, what happened? So, like, they're explaining to me, and the guy was like, yeah, I definitely said that. No, he, he, he was, I explained everything from my end, and I said, yeah, I said that. I didn't mean... Oh, that's what happened. So, like, essentially, he just explained himself the wrong way. Um, and I went back there just to do some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but my experience with Vince Russo was positive. Um, but as far as this Bash of the Beach thing... So, um, yeah. So, essentially, he's explained it the same way every time I've heard him. He's been very consistent with that. I've never heard Eric Bischoff side of it till, here, till now. Eric Bischoff is a very... I, I, I don't know. He's really... He's always been negative to me. I, I know some people have said, hey, man, you, you need to listen to this, this thing on his podcast. I don't believe him. This guy denied for so many years that people had creative control, including Hulk Hogan. Just in recent years has he finally admitted to Hogan having creative control. But he lied for a good portion of time. Um, now, he has been steadfast on no one else had creative control. And I don't think anyone else had creative control. They, but, but I think what he gets confused is when people say Lloyds of London. And if you don't know what Lloyds of London is, essentially Lloyds of London is um, if I get hired somewhere, right, and I'm making $200,000 a year, and I put in a Lloyds of London deal, what that deal means is if anyone comes after me and they start making more, I then make what they make. And that's what Scott Hall did. Scott Hall came in, who's making $800,000 a year. I'm just throwing a number out there. Nash came in at a million. Boom, boom. It just kept going up because of the people they kept bringing in. So it sounds like a, a phone or friend referral type of bullshit. But anyways. Um, so, yeah. So Eric Bishop did not come off well in this episode. As a matter of fact, he came off as, as, as I think he is, as a, as a fucking liar. Um, so for, for those of you who don't know, 99, Vince Russo jumps shit from WWE to WCW. And within this time frame, he becomes the lead, uh, the head man in charge. They fired Eric Bischoff because the numbers weren't doing well. They bring Eric, they, they end up firing, firing, no, no, they send Russo home. They don't fire him. They send him home. Paid vacation. So then they said, how can we get these ratings to be back to get on board? Let's bring them together. So they brought them together, uh, brought them both back. Well, then Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff have this idea to reboot the company and they strip every one of their titles, and they make a storyline with the new blood versus the old heads, right? I don't remember the name, but that's what I'm calling the old heads. And so now you have all these young versus old matches. There was possibility. I remember, I still think, I know some people think this is whack. 
I still think stripping everyone of the titles and starting everything over, I don't think that's actually a bad idea sometimes. I, th- I think it was different, you know? Because we, we have reboots that happen literally every fucking day. <laughs> so to have a reboot and have it be live and explain that it's a reboot without saying, without insulting people's intelligence, I thought was cool from, to me, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, so Jeff Jarrett becomes the world heavyweight champion. And it's a, it's a build up to where he is now going to defend the title against Booker T. That I, I do remember because I watched a lot of WCW 2000. I keep picking up the wrong fucking water bottle. And um, keep it up here with me. And um, I remember them actually announcing that. At the time, me and my family were living in a hotel. And Nitro was like three hours. I think this is when Nitro hit three hours. And I remember this because, I mean, at the time, this hotel only had TNT. They didn't have uh, USA or they didn't have TNN. So there's no way I could, I could have watched WWE live. So I'd still tape trade with people. So I would watch Raw, but it would be like, I'll watch it that Friday. And then I have to wait till ne- next Friday to actually watch it again. Oh, the new one. So I watched WCW live. And so they definitely announced it before the pay-per-view. And then somewhere along the line, Hogan got thrown in the middle of it. Well, according to this particular documentary, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the plan was, for Jared to beat a bunch of legends and then for him to get one more victory over Hogan. But Hogan's going to look strong. He's going he's gonna to beat up everybody. He's going to look strong as hell in the process, but he won't leave with the WCW championship. Hogan completely nixes this idea. Here's where I, it makes, Russo doesn't come off looking well either, but here's where it's funny because for as much shit as Eric Bischoff was talking about Russo, here's where he was, Telling a completely false or completely different story than than, than Russo, but actually proving Russo right. Russo, uh, Bischoff and Hogan's idea was for Hogan to win the WCW Championship. So who knows what the main event of Bash at the Beach would have been for him to then disappear, and because WCW executives would have been like, "Well, he's not coming back, so let's do a tournament for the title." And before the finals of the tournament in Halloween Havoc. Hogan would come back with the belt and say, no, I'm the champion. You got to beat me. And that was it. And he probably would have won that match too. So it would have been two months of him having a vacation just to have a tournament that would have led to nothing. Somehow Bischoff thinks this is a good idea still. Because he he backed this idea up. And I get it. You hate Russo. You should should have heard yourself before you did this interview deciding if this was a good idea because he was quadrupling down on this. That's a terrible idea. Well, Vince Russo's idea was to have Jarrett win, barely, and then Jarrett go to defend the WCW title against Booker T later that night and Booker T to win. Now, his thing people don't know. You say, oh, wow, why you, how, how can you have the, the, the heel wrestle twice and the babyface wrestle once? No, Booker T had wrestled once that night already. Booker T had already wrestled. I don't remember who he wrestled. You can look it up, though. He wrestled once that night. I think he even lost that match earlier in the night. So both parties will have wrestled twice. Well, anyways, here's what people don't know. Vince Russo says in this episode that he had a, a production meeting and he asked everybody, if you could put the WCW title on someone right now, who would it be? And everyone said Booker T. That could very well be true, and he said that story before. Like I said, he's been very consistent with this story. Here's where particular thing that no one brings up makes things very, very fucking interesting. At this time, Sonny Ono, a manager, Asian manager, glasses, he was he had managed Ultimate Dragon and a number of other people in WCW. 
he filed a lawsuit that year against WCW for racial discrimination. So a lot of people, not saying that I feel this way, I just think it's interesting. A lot of people have said that they feel like putting the title on Booker T was one, what they wanted to do, maybe, but also as a response to that lawsuit of racial discrimination. You take your um, you take your pick at what you believe what it might have been or what it was. I, I'll leave it there. I just think that that was one of the things that they left out that I think a lot of people leave out that they don't even they don't even match the timelines up. But I remember all this going down because I was firmly watching WCW live every fucking week. I remember that because we were homeless for uh, we had to live in a hotel for about seven to eight months. And I remember I watched it every fucking week. And those were some three-hour nitros that were not too good. So anyways. So essentially, they come up with this plan. Russo and... and uh, uh, who, knows what, who knows what actually the plan was? It's his, his, his side, her side, the truth. Well, that was Bischoff and Hogan's idea. Well, Vince Russo was keen on Booker T leaving as WCW champion. So he claims he pitched this idea to them that once they left... He would then cut a promo on him, and then that then that would lead to the, the, the final the, the main event. Well, according to and Vince Russo has been completely honest about this. Well, excuse me, he's been completely open about this. There was a fax sent to WCW's office from Hogan's and he's a lawyer saying that he would not do any storyline that Vince Russo had pitched. So that happened at on Friday. Apparently, after w, the WCW. Um, Offices have closed. Well, Bischoff claims that this fax thing never actually happened. Russo says it's happened. Hulk Hogan and his and his attorney says it happened. This is why Bischoff looks so bad in this episode. Because he says it didn't happen. But in the lawsuit that Hogan filed against WCW and Vince Russo for defamation of character, he even said it happened. Whatever. Dave Meltzer said it best in here. And whether you like Dave Meltzer or not, he put this best perfectly. You're asking me to decide between two dishonest people. I don't know what the truth is. There you go. So anyways, there's a meeting that happens at Bash at the Beach in a trailer. So uh, here's where I'm confused at. If the meeting still happened at Bash at the Beach, but this thing had sent, why didn't Hogan just say? And, and at that point, we're dealing with three dishonest people. <laughs> Why didn't Hogan just say, yeah, bro, it's not going to happen, playboy. This is what we're doing. That's it. Who knows? Well, anyways, Hogan's plan is to let Jeff Jarrett, make Jeff Jarrett just lie there. Now, Jeff Jarrett was a talking head on this. He was the only one that came out looking good. Um, Jarrett was presented with this idea from Vince Russo that Hogan wanted to do, which Bischoff has confirmed. This was Hogan's idea. So now... Jared's like confused. He's like, how is the babyface supposed to win the title by me laying down? That's weird. Like, he's the babyface here. Which is a good fucking point there. So, he did confirm, Jeff Jarrett, that the reason why it took him so long to come out of the tunnel is because he was genuinely thinking about not doing it. And if you actually watch that pay-per-view, I don't know the edits that Peacock's done to it. If they've done any to it. I don't know. I've not watched the Peacock version. I know on the WWE Network version, it was unedited. And you saw everything as it was, for the most part. Well, according to Jarrett, he, that's, that, that's what he was thinking about. So he came out and he laid down. 
So everything went according to plan. Hogan pins him without having to wrestle. <laughs> okay. Leaves the building. So then Vince Russo comes out, cuts a scathing promo, and then he makes the main event of Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett. Booker T later on wins that WCW Heavyweight Championship for the first time. If you actually look at that place, that building, they went crazy for Booker T that night. That was, to me, I remember seeing that because I didn't watch that pay per view live. I watched it uh, being a tape trader. I watched it a couple days after. I remember saying, "Holy shit, this dude's a, like this is cool. Like people are that, like they're going that crazy for a, a black world champion, you know." And so that was pretty cool. So, anyways, as all this is going on. Hogan is pissed, Bischoff is pissed, and Hogan files a lawsuit. So now, I didn't, I did not, they put it in a different spin on this episode that I didn't think about, but but they believe Hogan was trying to get out of his contract. Hogan, they even have footage or or audio of Hogan saying, I'm trying to get out of my contract and Siegel won't let me out of my contract. And they believe that the reason why Hogan went into business for himself on this particular night was to force WCW to let him out of his contract but pay him while they did that. And he won. And once again, WCW's probably wanted to get get this over with, so they said, fuck it, give, give the guy the money, let's leave, let's leave it be. But no one's ever twisted it that way. When I say twisted, I don't mean in a disrespectful way, I mean in a way of like, no one's ever put it that way, excuse me. Because, um, like, he had sued Vince Russo for defamation of character. And then the judge said, you can't defame a character. And here's nothing that makes Eric Bischoff look really, really fucking bad. <laughs> Is when he says that it didn't go to multiple courts, but then, because Vince Russo said it went, he appealed the appeal. Well, it's public record that it went to do two different courts. It wasn't like Supreme Court, as, Vince, as, as Bischoff said, but no one said it went to Supreme Court. They just he just said it was appealed, and a different judge got it. That's all he said. And so it's one of those things where this was not a good look for any of them. Now once again, except for Jared. But here's my thing: that will always be that will be that will be decided that will be debated until the day until it, beyond uh, this, because it is one of the most controversial things in wrestling history. It's weird. It's very strange. But also show that they have completely lost shit in every form, every facet of this thing. So, I think it's a good watch because it's a good laugh. And more so because it's a good laugh before we get into the, the season finale, which is Mario Gennetti, which looks... It looks ridiculous, bro. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, Playboy. It just does. But it's it was a nice change of pace from the, the drugs and stuff like that. This was just... It's just controversy. Now, I'm interested to know, and I don't know if... Dark Side of Rings coming back for another season or not. But if they are, are they going to do an episode on the Finger Poker Dooms? I, f- I felt like that was more detrimental than this. This was just a microcosm of egos and and chess, as Jeff Jarrett put it, when people were playing fucking Connect Four. So I'm wondering if that's what, if, if they could actually do an episode on that, because that would be interesting. At that point, I don't know who, I, I don't know who would be the talking heads for that, because more recently, no one. Nash has said he booked it, but but other people have said that they have booked it too, and Eric Bischoff did it. So who knows? So maybe I, maybe I'm asking for more bullshit. So I don't know. So anyways, that was the episode this week. Another documentary, the Cody documentary was was pretty good. It went two hours. 
Um, I thought it covered everything pretty fucking well, actually. His his come up, his his struggle, him coming back home to WWE. Uh, I thought it was covered pretty well. I would recommend it, honestly. I'm, I'm going to watch it again because I'm sure some things I missed. Um, but I just wanted to recommend it here just because I didn't, I didn't want to necessarily talk about it just because I like watching things twice. And I honestly, I told you guys that I needed to see the length of this thing. And sure enough, once I cut it on, I see now it's an hour and 58 minutes. Okay, they, they did some detail here. They they did gloss over the AEW thing, um, which is fine. It's just a, it's a WWE production. Um, but he did say he left AEW because of a personal issue that he would not ever tell anyone, which will get like years down the road. But um, you see footage from being the elite. Um, so it's one of those situations. So I recommend it. And, and maybe next week or two weeks from now, I'll actually review the thing. But I, I think for right now, for the first my first watch, I, I liked it. Dynamite 200 in a crazy-ass triple threat match. Chuck Taylor defeated Penta and John Moxley, which I was, was just was cr- a crazy match. It was fun to watch. Hikiru Shida is a two-time AEW Women's Champion. She's not the first one to do it. Tony Storm is. But the fact that she did it, and it came as... Uh, it was a nice surprise. And I'm sure it was a placeholder because with Jamie Hayter being out indefinitely, they had to do something, you know. Um, and so this was a good feel-good moment. Uh, Sheeta, if you think about it, Sheeta didn't get the same opportunity that John Moxley got. Sheeta and John Moxley were the champions during the pandemic year. They didn't. They never defended the title in front of people. I think Sheeta's last title defense against Britt Baker was with fans at Double or Nothing, and she lost that match. Um, so this is her chance to, even if it's just for a few weeks, she will get to defend that title against uh, with some people in there. So that's that's pretty cool. MJF and Adam Cole is official for All In. Adam Cole signs a contract. He did not read the contract, so I'm wondering. And, and look here, MJF kept saying he's a scumbag. So whatever's in that contract is going to screw Adam Cole because he's too excited to get a title match. So. I'm assuming it's once MJF wins and he's going to cheat to win. He's going to say, no, it's in the contract. You don't get another championship match. I can see that being the thing. So, Chris Jericho and Takeshita defeated the Jericho Appreciation Society when Don Callis nailed Garcia with a baseball bat. Jericho was conflicted, but he took the pinfall anyway. This was also more news left from last week, but I want to say this again. Scorpio Sky, or say it now, Scorpio Sky is injured again. No one knows the nature of the injury, but he was seen on crutches at Collision. RVD debuts. He will face Jack Perry for the FTW Championship next week. So I thought that was a pretty cool reveal. Um, RVD has slowed down in his in many many years, but uh, it will still be cool just to see RVD on national television again. And finally, let's get to these Summer Slam predictions. So let's start with the Battle Royals. It's a mixed Battle Royal with Raw and SmackDown talent being on there. They didn't say anything about NXT, but they did say Raw and SmackDown. Um, let's go with LA Knight, because he's in there already. Why not? I don't think he's going to win, but let's just say he will. The main event, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I have Roman Reigns winning that. And I, I need to say this. I said this last week, too. I do not want to see, and I repeat, I do not want to see um, Jimmy turn on Jay. I just don't know where you go with Jey Uso from here, though. And I don't think the fans want to see that either. But Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Man, 
This has me really curious about a cash-in for Damian Priest. It really does. I'm going to say Damian Priest cashes in and wins the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to say that. The Women's Championship. Asuka versus Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair. I'm going to go with Asuka retaining. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are speculating that EO Sky will cash in. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna, I don't think we're gonna see two cashes on the same show. But I think Oscar retains. Drew McIntyre versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther will retain, and he will break Honky Tonk Man's record. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Cody will get the win. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna, and to open the show, Logan Paul versus Ricochet. I will go with Logan Paul. There are your predictions. We got those those pretty fast. Um, like I said, this will be its own episode. Um, check out the match of the month, whatever that may be, and, <laughs> and um, check out SummerSlam this Monday. And I'll come up with something for Wednesday. We'll figure that out as well. So I am the Slow Chemical. Your special episode on Thursday. This is I see things a little differently, and we are out.